0: This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, senior pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Wow, man, so excited to be back here at C3, man. I love C3. What an awesome day of worship. You know, man, thinking of things that I love, you know, you, just like me, matter of fact, all of us, there are things we love. and hey, you know, this last week, my wife and I, we went out to eat, man. Got me this incredible, awesome burger. And, of course, I had to get some of these on the side because I love these. Man, some good old french fries, you know, dipped in honey mustard or, or man, you know, even ranch. But you know what I really love? I love McDonald's. French fries, oh my gosh. That's the only thing I like in McDonald's, but I love it, man, I supersize that fry, man. Because when it's hot, man, and you know, if you're like me, there's something about "Mm." mmm, not French fries, you can even mmm, mmm, taste it on, oh, oh man, it's unbelievable. Man, one of my favorite things about when I eat McDonald's french fries though, is right in the bottom of it, those little leftover crunches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's like the filet mignon of french fries. Man, things I love. Man, this morning, man, I got up early this morning to fly here to Orlando. When I left my house where I live in Franklin, Tennessee, cruised up 65 North and got off the 65 North at Thompson Lane took that loop around to get up and get on the Thompson Lane And when I top Thompson Lane over headed back toward the airport on the left I'll see it. It's that sign that those three beautiful red letters light up H O T hot, hot crispy cream donuts man i love me some crispy cream donuts man Matter of fact when i landed here man man nate and i pastor uh, byron's son nate we tried to get some donuts stopped over at dunkin donuts man i love donuts but crispy cream donuts nothing like just the good old-fashioned crispy cream donuts things i love i love ice cream My wife, she'll go to the grocery store, buy some Purity Dairy, vanilla ice cream, or chocolate chip ice cream, but my my favorite ice cream, what I love is Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey. Man, those chocolate chunks in there, man. Unbelievable things I love. Man, our house, you will come in our home, you'll see, you'll be greeted at the door by puppy dogs. Man, they wanna come up to you, jump up on you. Man, just wanna say, hey, I love puppy dogs. Everyone in our family, man, we got dogs, man. Here a while back, I was somewhere, and I was talking about things I love, talking about how much I love puppies, how much I love dogs, and somebody said, hey, Robbie, do do you love cats? Hmm, I love dogs. (laughs) Man, I do like cats, so man. things I love. You know, there's things that you and I love, but there's also things we we disdain. It's like, man, we we almost like you can just say, I hate. I remember every year when I was a kid. Growing up, we lived in southeast Missouri, Cape Toronto, Missouri. We would take the proverbial Thanksgiving family trip to my grandma and grandpa's. They lived in a little old town called Mill Spring, Missouri. Now, on the way, my sisters and I, we would be sitting in the back of the station wagon, man, going to grandma and grandpa's house. And one of us, it would just hit us like, oh, no, yeah. And so one of us would just let out that groan of like, oh. And my dad or mom would know exactly what that groan was about because every year at Thanksgiving, my grandmother made this one thing that everyone had to eat. And as you ate it, you told grandma over and over, oh, grandma, I love this, but nobody loved it. Nobody liked it, but you had to pretend you did. And we let that groan out in the back of the car. Mom or dad would turn back and say, guys, when you're there, you got to eat a piece of this and you tell grandma how much you love it. My grandmother made every year family Thanksgiving meal, she would make squash pie. It's like that that's an oxymoron, right? Squash pie? I mean I mean the only thing I think I hate food group worse than squash pie is boiled okra. <laughs> Bowl okra—it feels like somebody just kind of hocked a loogie in a pan and warmed up okra in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's nasty, man. No way. Things I disdain, I hate. Now, this one thing that I just—I literally, I hate. I guarantee you, you hate it just like me. When you and I hear this one word, when well, I'm going to say it in a minute, sometimes, well, many times, and most of the time, man, I just cringe on the inside. That one thing that I probably hate more than anything, cancer. There's not a person in in the earshot that's not been touched by, not been affected by, not bumped up against that thing called cancer. Probably one of my most, I guess, icons of growing up was my dad's best buddy. Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill was like the guy I looked up to. Mr. Bill was like 6'3", 6'4". I still have the picture of him when he fought for the Golden Gloves National Championship, heavyweight championship in St. Louis, Missouri, when he was a senior in high school. Mr. Bill was like a, a premier athlete. So as, as a kid growing up, him being my dad's best friend, I'd always hear stories about, about Mr. Bill and, and and football and boxing and other things. And As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that I fought Golden Gloves earlier as a junior high and high school student was, man, I wanted to be like him. Looked up to him, man. He was like somebody I wanted to be like. He was an idol to me. I'll never forget when I was in uh, Columbia, South Carolina speaking it's a number of years ago. and he lived just outside of columbia south carolina he and miss birdie and i remember my dad called and said hey bill's gonna come and miss birdie's gonna come be there that morning church to hear you speak i'm like man i couldn't wait i was excited about that i'll never forget that sunday morning between the first and the second service i noticed them because they came to the first service at the back and i I walked toward them at the end, and as I got toward them, I saw Miss Birdie, and she just embraced me. Man, it's was just so good to see her, but at a distance, I didn't notice what I noticed as I got close to them. As I'm embracing Miss Birdie, and all of a sudden to my left, I see Mr. Bill, this guy that was 6'3", 6'4", literally probably 250, 265 in his prime, didn't look like he weighed hardly a buck and a quarter. And you know those times when we encounter that with someone, you don't, you don't gasp, you don't, you just kinda, as you can, somewhat act normal. I remember I turned to Mr. Bill, just hugged him, man, thanked him so much for being there and just kind of reminisced about some things. Ask how, you know, what, what was up and what was new in their lives, you know, with within reason. When I got through that morning, I remember calling my pops up, my dad. I said, Dad, man, what's up? And then he said that one word. And Mr. Bill had cancer. And I, I can remember being back in Columbia, probably four or five months later, at that point when he was in the hospital in downtown Columbia, South Carolina, and he lost a battle. He lost the battle to that thing called cancer. You know, there's things I love and there's, there's just things I hate. You know, so unique that God there's things he loves, and then there's things that just, he disdains. But I, I, I discovered the one thing, I found the one thing that God loves, the one thing that kind of moves his heart, the one thing that kind of motivates him in in who he is toward us. And it's found in 2 Chronicles 16.9. There was a king of Israel at the time, Asa. And Asa had this storied life as king. Matter of fact, he, he was a young king, and as a young king, he, he was the talk of the town. Man, he was the, he was the front cover of all the magazines, so to speak, front page of all the news because of, of it, all his escapades and all the stuff that he did and the victories that he won and how incredible he was as king of Israel. Well, As his life progressed and, and as he got kind of settled in who he was, he let things slip, and all of a sudden, Who he was as a king didn't stay what he was. And things began to slip in his reign and and who he was. And so at one time, one of the leaders, a spiritual leader came to King Asa and basically challenged him to say, back in these days, man, when it was just, it was 100, it was A plus, it was great. This was what you were doing. This was what was going on. But because of now, Things that are slipping, it's not where it should be. You're in the worst place you've ever been. It's because of this. And 2 Chronicles 16.9 is a glimpse into this. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. So there's the picture of God kind of at the edge of heaven, that he's looking over the earth and he's, he's intently perusing the earth, looking for something. For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You see, what he was trying to say to King Asa is what moves God's heart is where your heart is, King Asa. And your heart is not where it used to be. And that's what God loved about you. And that's why you were so successful. And that's why the kingdom was going so incredible. But you're not there anymore. And this verse speaks to King Asa, it spoke to that time, but it speaks to us. The one thing that moves God's heart, that God loves probably more than anything, is those of us whose hearts are fully committed to him. I remember when I became a Christ follower at the right between 17 and 18, right that age period of my senior year of high school. When I got out of high school, I encountered a, a, a guy who's named Dave Busby. Dave Busby was a believer, a Christ follower, and a a guy who steps ahead of me in his walk with Jesus. And Dave poured into my life, became a mentor to me, and I remember as I got around him, and as I noticed his love for God and his heart for God, I remember one time we came across this verse. We were in a Bible study, just sitting there at McDonald's one morning going through the Word. And he came across Second Chronicles 69. For the eyes of the Lord ranged throughout the entire earth, that he might strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I remember asking Dave, I said, what, is that, what does that mean for a heart to be fully committed to him? Because sometimes, is it just something we say? Is it just things we actually just do? It's, it's more than just something tangible that we hold on to. It's, it's a depth of attitude. And Dan was trying to explain. And he was even saying that day, he said, that's what moves God's heart. Because he's saying that that's what he's looking for. Those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. And I remember saying, so Dave, I mean, kind of as best you can, explain to me, what does that mean for my heart to be fully committed to Him? I'll never forget Dave shared a story. When he grew up uh, in that part of Tennessee that he lived in outside of Chattanooga, when he came to Christ in in his high school years, one of the things he felt led to do is he got involved in a church church, and there in that church, they had a ministry, a prayer ministry, and uh, it was kind of unique. What they did on Saturdays, if you're a part of the prayer ministry, is that you would pick a neighborhood that you felt like you wanted to pray over every Saturday. And so, so what was that? What did that look like, Pastor Dave? He said, well, you'd go to that, that neighborhood. He said, you'd walk through all the streets, and every house you passed by, you'd just kind of hesitate, stop, and just pray for the people who lived in a house. And if you didn't know them, part of your walk, your prayer walk on that Saturday morning is you'd go up, just knock on the door, introduce yourself, say, hey, my name's David. Not trying to be weird, but just want to let you know every Saturday morning, I pray for everyone in this neighborhood. And if there's everything I can pray for you about, I'd love to. And by the way, I just love to know your name so I can pray for you by name. So Dave said one Saturday morning, he was just walking through that neighborhood that he prayed over every Saturday morning. And there was one family, he met the parents, the mom and dad before, and as he walked by that house, there was a young man out in the driveway, hosing down his pickup truck, washing it, and he just kind of proverbial you know, nodded, waved at him. And as he got a few steps past, all of a sudden, the guy who, the young man who was hosing down, washing his pickup truck said, hey. And when he said hey, Dave stopped, he turned back and he said, hey, come here. Dave walked back toward him and said, man, what are you doing? Dave said, well, I'm just kind of walking throughout the neighborhood and just uh, actually, said, I I pray over everybody that's David every, every every Saturday, and he's like, say what? And begin to talk a little bit more, ask a few more questions, and as those questions continued and as the conversation continued, they dropped the tailgate, the pickup truck, set up on it, and just got deeper in the conversation about Jesus, what it meant that he, God's son, was sent here for us, How that he, Jesus, God's son, died on the cross for us so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could have a home in heaven, so that we had forgiveness of our sins. And as that conversation continued to grow and continued to grow, that young man realized what it meant that Jesus died for him what it meant that Jesus rose from the dead for him, what it meant that he personally could receive the gift of salvation, could have a relationship with God by receiving Jesus as his Savior. And as the conversation continued even more, that young man right there on the bed of his pickup truck, tailgate of it, with his head bowed, eyes closed, prayed a simple prayer with David, my friend David, a prayer of receiving Jesus. You see, God's word, John 1, 12, says, As many as received him, they will become children of God. Matter of fact, Revelation says this, the book of Romans says this, ten thirteen that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right there on the tailgate of his pickup truck, he called on Jesus, he received him, opened the door of his heart, and asked Christ to come in to be his Savior. When he got through praying that prayer, Dave, Dave was just sharing with him how you, now that you're a believer, now that you received Christ, here's some next steps. And one of those big next steps is to be involved with other believers. And the best place for that is church. That's that's why C3, that's why we do church every Sunday, so we have a a rallying point, man, a coming together point, a building community, why we have small groups, is so that we know we need each other. We're not we're not made to do this alone, to walk this walk with Jesus alone. And so he shared with him about how it's it's good to be a part of a, a local church. A body of believers, others who love Jesus, others who have received Christ, who want to follow Jesus. And so as they began to talk about that, Dave said, well, do you, do you, have you ever gone to church? Have anywhere you go to church? And as he had that conversation, the young man said, I, I don't, he didn't, he'd actually not ever been to church. So Dave said, well, you know what? I, I'd love to invite you to come to church with me. And he said, oh, I'd love to. So Dave set up the time that next day. This was a Saturday. So that next day, Sunday morning, he was going to pick up that young man who had just received Christ, who just realized that, that God sent his son to die on the cross for us so that we to have life now to the fullest and life eternal forever. So he set the time up to come pick him up on that next Sunday morning. Now, one of the funny things about it, I, I'll never forget, and Dave still had that car because I remember the first time I met him. He had American Motors AMC Gremlin. It's like, what a car. I don't know if that was a car or a mistake. But that Sunday morning, and oh, oh, it was like that, that just nasty, that ugly green. You know what I'm saying? And he, that next, that next day, Sunday morning, he picks up that young man, his house, and his Gremlin, AMC, and they head off to Highland Church, chattanooga tennessee when they got there as they drive up people are just pulling in the parking lot like i mean seemed like hundreds of cars and as they drove up the guy the young man looked over to dave and said this this many people love jesus they like yeah 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 and there's a lot more and he said as they, they drove up and parked and walked into the auditorium they they walked into the church worship center auditorium and they took their seat and he said it was just amazing that he was watching this new believer, new follower of Jesus who had never been in church kind of look around in amazement of everything going on. As a matter of fact, Dave said that every part of the service, he would ask him, what's this? Why'd they do that? What's that song about? Why are they lifting their hands? Now, this church did a thing that was kind of a, because it was a little bit of an old school church where they, they passed the, the wooden offering place. Some of you who grew up and you know, you've seen those old saucer-like wooden offering plates, and they begin to pass them. As they begin to do that, they're sitting toward the back of the church. He said, what are they doing? He said, it's the offering. He didn't even understand the offering. What do you mean offering? And so as concise as he could, Dave said, well, it's, it's, the offerings where we we kind of give back to God. And he said, Well, you can't really outgive God. Now, I believe when he said that, you can't really outgive God. I believe that young man who just the day before realized how much God had loved him by sending Jesus, God's Son, to die on the cross for him, that I think he kind of got that. We can't outgive God. But it's just a small way where we just kind of say, hey, Jesus, we love you. And so as the offering place begin to continue to pass, Dave said, I saw him as he reached in his front left pocket. And all of a sudden he pulled his hand out empty. He scurrily reached in his front right pocket. And then his back left and his back right pocket, Dave says he pulled his hand out of his back right pocket, he looked into his empty hands and he said, I could see the look on his eyes. Like, man, I'm, I don't have anything to give God today. He could sense that the look was from, the feeling inside was God had given so much to him and the day before, especially realizing what it meant that Jesus died on a cross for him. And he just wanted to say in a small way, I love you but had nothing to give. At that point, Dave said, man, I want to reach in my pocket, hand him something to give, but that's not really the way it works in giving from ourselves back to God. Dave says, the offering plate came down the aisle that we were sitting on. You can see the people reach over and politely hand it to the next person. He said, he just literally, his hands dropped in his lap and he just was staring down. Didn't even move. He said, I remember I had to reach over and grab the offering plate and handed down he said it got maybe I don't know four or five rows back he saw all of a sudden he he the young man kind of like he looked up and started looking around and literally stood up and as he turned this away noticing that the offering plate was coming to that end of the aisle and there was an usher there to receive the plate of course probably hand to the next row He said, all of a sudden, he said, he he made his way out that aisle toward the middle aisles there, walked up to the guy, one of the guys who had an offering plate in his hand. He said he turned toward him, and the 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 usher, I'm sure, thinking he's just he wanted to give something, forgot to give something. He turned toward the young man that had come with Dave, who the day before just received Christ in his life. Turned, and the young man literally, literally pulled the offering plate. From the guy's hand. And when he did that, he said, I mean, everybody's kind of looking like, what's going on? He said, all of a sudden, he took that offering plate, set it down in the middle of that aisle. Now you gotta remember, I'm I'm thinking, what? He goes, Robbie, he had never been to church. Nobody said, you don't do this, you don't do that. But he in his own mind and heart, thinking through all that was going on, wanted to kind of, in a small way, say, Jesus, I love you. Give back what God had given to him so much that he said, he saw me literally took one foot and then the other foot, stepped in that offering plate and then just looked at his hands and kind of did like this and said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to give today, but all I got's me. So Jesus, can I just give you me today? Because I love you. And he stepped down the offering plate, picked it up, handed it back to the usher and went back and sat down by my friend Dave. And Dave said, Robbie, that's what it means for your heart to be fully committed to him. When you and I step in the offering plate, so to speak, with all of who we are and say, Jesus, I'm yours. And all of a sudden, I got it. Jesus wants us to be fully committed, hunger to say, Jesus, I'm yours. And I remember Dave said, you know, Robbie, God doesn't really care about your bucks because he's got you. You'll want to give just like he wanted to give. But what God wants more than how much you give, although we, we should give, we're supposed to give because that's that's a part of who we do in our walk and, and obedience of Him. But that really comes from the overflow of the fact that I want Him to have who I am in my life. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the entire earth so that He might fully strengthen those whose hearts are committed to Him. Hey, let's pray together, can we? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, Thank you so much that you gave your son fully for us on the cross. And God, what you desire and what you love more than anything is that for us, for our hearts to in turn to be fully committed to you. That we might too hunger and desire to step into the offering plate, so to speak, to say, Jesus, I'm yours in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.